0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reclaiming Reality. We, today we're going to dive into the deep, dark existential crisis that is the human existence. This will be a fun one. I am sarcastic. So, this is what we're talking about today. Have you ever had the moment when you're driving down the freeway and somebody like cuts you off right as you're about to make your exit, and you darn it get into a car accident? You know that feeling? It's the feeling of like, this dude is a tool or a jerk. Whatever you want to call them. But when you're in a situation where you need to get off the freeway and the person's not letting you over, then it's still their fault. Have you ever thought about that phenomenon? It's like you cut somebody off in traffic, you do what you have to do. But if someone cuts you off in traffic, it's their fault. And they're a jerk. See, we as humans have this tendency to, when something goes wrong against us or someone does a bad thing to us, we're oftentimes quick to categorize that person as a jerk, an idiot, and attribute that flaw to who they are. Conversely, when we do something that's wrong, it's either the situation we're in or it's just a mistake. This is this thing called the fundamental attribution error. And essentially what that means is that people have a tendency to characterize other people when they have been wronged but try to rationalize or explain away the situation when they are wrong put shortly you punch me you're a jerk i punch you i had to punch you because it's not my fault we have an innate human ability to shun the responsibilities of the actions that we do and help so much so that we're quick oftentimes To pin those things, those wrongdoings, on the character of somebody else. Have you ever thought about if you apply that to God? And that might seem like, you know, a softball Christian answer, but if you really think about it, we do it all the time. For example, you get a promotion at work because you worked hard, you stayed the extra hours, you got the job done. And when you get that promotion or, you know, that recognition, it's easy to pout, pound your chest and say, you know what? I deserve this. I worked hard for this. It's is mine. Conversely, when something happens that you can't explain, you get cancer, you know, your car breaks down, your children are misbehaved. Then you blame that, you ubiquitously, meaning all of us, blame that on God. When we try to find an answer for that, we don't ex- things we don't explain, as we often do, God takes the blame in our minds. We're human beings. It is our nature to try to blame or find causality in the things that go on around us. We are not oftentimes quick to just accept things for being spontaneous as they are. For example, if someone, you know, if your car window is broken after you get out of the store, your thought isn't the car door is somehow broken. No, it's somebody broke my thing and tried to take my stuff, isn't it? And you apply that to darn near everything. If you roll over a nail in the middle of the street, first thought's not going to be, oh, you know. What there's just a random nail in the streets. Who left this there? Why didn't somebody pick up their nails? Or why is did somebody leave a nail in, in the street? We oftentimes try to tie blame, responsibility, causality to the things that happen to us, and when we can't find a causality or a person to pin the thing to, we oftentimes blame God. And according to a human logic that makes sense or should. But here's the flaw with the fundamental attribution error is that we do not look at ourselves as part of the problem. If I can make that a little bit more clear, it's kind of like this. You went to go get the job and you got a promotion and you say to yourself, I did this. Well, you did. You carried the weight. And for that, you deserve the credit. But did you also consider your spouse or support group that got you there? The people who held down the house or the home or your other various social activities while you were out working late? Did you consider the team that supported you on all of these projects? Did you consider all of the people who kept the building together just so you can get the job done? Everybody has a part in your success. And conversely, in the same way, everyone has a part in the failure. Nobody wants to acknowledge that. Now, there are certain things that we can't really explain. For example, like earthquakes or volcanoes and whatnot. But in a lot of cases, and this is going to be hard to say, and for a lot of you hard to hear, we do have some responsibility and the things that are going on around us. For example, take cancer or asthma, or many of the diseases that are resulted of pollution. We all played a part in pollution. whether that be, you know, the consumption of certain products, CDCs from aerosol sprays, driving cars, when really we should be using more public transportation as we should. not to be political again, but I love driving. But that does have a result that has affected the planet. Think about even your political office, whether you have someone in the office that you like or dislike. Either your decision to vote for or against that person or to not vote has resulted in where we are. Very few things in the lives around us and our lives are not impacted by our own decisions. Some of you, and you probably don't want to hear this, some of you aren't in the places you want to be in life because you didn't put in the work to get there. Some of you honestly did get cheated, and that's fair. But I'm willing to bet that that's more of the exception than the rule. Most people will look back over the course of their lives and say there was something that they wanted to do, and they didn't because X, Y, Z... Or the third, they got caught up in life, or they had a kid, or they just didn't try hard enough. And it's oftentimes, we do that same thing with God. The world's a messed up place. It is. But we didn't stop it. Our inaction has led to the status of the earth just as much as our action has. All it takes for evil to win is for a good few men to stand by and do nothing. And a lot of times we do just that if we're being honest. And that's hard to say. So when you look around and you think, well, God, there's so much evil in this world. Why haven't you done anything? Well, the truth of it is, He did. He did it a long time ago when he sent the object, literally the manifestation of everything that is good, kind, holy, and pure to this earth. He gave us an example. And he commanded us to walk in it. He gave us a model of what it's supposed to be like. Now, are any of us going to be perfectly Christ-like? No. And I am far away from doing so as well. But at least I'm trying. You know. Because I firmly believe if Jesus Christ was alive today and I firmly believe if the church stepped up to live Christ-like lives, caring for the needy, looking out for people, loving first, speaking truth with confidence and not backing down, standing when they needed to stand and were not divisive, just as Christ wasn't then we would be in a significantly different place in this world. I guarantee you, some of the atrocities that have happened over the course of the last hundred years would not have happened if Christians stood up and just modeled Christ. Because Christ, yes, he did call out, let me not say divisive. A lot of you are going to get on me for saying that Christ wasn't divisive. He was divisive. And the ways that when someone said something, or something needed to be said, he said it. He was divisive as he stood for what he believed in and did not move. That is true. And Christians, I believe, should be that way as well. Caveat. He also was very loving to the women of the city Which a few were named of the course of the gospel to the woman at the well, to the Samaritans, to the people who had been looked away and dejected. Christ loved them, and he loves us, and he calls us to be like him, going to the end of the world and telling the world about him. And if we did that, I don't, I firmly believe. That not only would the world be a different place, but if we were to start doing that today, to corporately go into the Word of God, look at the Scriptures, look at the Gospels, and emulate what Christ did, what He stood for, and spoke His truth, we could change the world for the better, objectively speaking. Because I guarantee you, of all of the people who have a lot of problems with Christians, not many of them would have very many problems with the Christ. And I'll challenge anybody to do that. Better yet, anyone who sees this video, take that challenge. I'm challenging you now. I would encourage all of you to come back. Send us an email about what happens. Write a Facebook post about it. Tag us in it. Write a video on the YouTube blogs. If you go out to someone who hates Christianity and it won't be hard to find because there are plenty, show them the actual gospel, just present to them the stories of Christ from the Bible and see what happens, see how they respond. It might be an eye opening experience for the both of you. To wrap that point up, we have contributed to the status. Of the world. And instead of simply pegging all of the evil of this planet on God, we need to take a long, serious look in the mirror and see how all of us, myself included, have contributed to where we are. That's not fun to hear. Now, to the second, not so fun topic suffering. I'm going to read this passage. It's out of the book of Ecclesiastes, which is my favorite book of the Bible um, because it is very, very real and is also very hard to hear, but it's the type of truth that we need. Um, This is Ecclesiastes chapter nine. It says, but I laid this to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, whether it is love or hate, man does not know both are before him. And it is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and to the evil, to the clean and to the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears, and he who shuns an oath, this is an evil that is under the sun, that the same event happens to all." Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts while they live, and after they go uh, to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, and the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten." their love and their hate, their envy has already perished and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. So the speaker of Ecclesiastes, mind you, is the curmudgeonly old uncle that all of us hate talking to, but tells you what it is. He is essentially saying that death has come for all of us. And that's really sad and sobering reality that really sucks. But it is also The first most axiomatic, meaning self-proving, and irrefutable truth. We're all going to die one day. I'm sorry to tell you that. I understand I just got 150 downvotes on this video for saying that. But in light of death, and death coming to all, and suffering coming to all, what are we going to do? There's something that happens when you realize this exact thing. Suffering is going to happen to all of us. It's important to make sure that the suffering is not worthless. And this is something that Christianity, I found, uniquely talks to. Romans 8.28 says, 8, says, All good things work together for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. If you flip over again, I might just look at this real quick. In 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians, there, Paul talks about suffering for people. And he says, Blessed be the God of all Uh, Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Even the worst that happens to you, underneath the guise of a loving God, is not purposeless. And that's a very important paradigm shift because if we're all going to suffer we should at least get something out of the suffering that makes any sense at all essentially what Paul is saying both in Romans and in Corinthians in light of the truth presented in Ecclesiastes you are going to suffer but your suffering is not wasted your suffering is for good if you don't see the good, then maybe you're going through a suffering just so you can comfort someone else who has gone through it. I'm going to talk to a few buddies, let me say buddies, friends, that I've gotten to know, both of which have had an abortion in their lives. And these people will remain nameless. And regardless of what you think of abortions, There is a toll that is taken there. And I wish the two of them could come together and just sit down and have a heart-to-heart. Because now, whatever you may think of it, again, the suffering, the pain of that is now communal. And sometimes you have to go through those hard times just so someone else knows that they're not alone. And then that God's showing that they are not forgotten and that they are loved. We all will suffer. But in the eyes, again, of a loving God, He will not let your suffering be wasted. And that's monumental, if you think about it. Who wants to just go about their lives? Wasted suffering. Worthless. Pain. Pain for no gain but the beauty of knowing god and knowing that god loves you and knowing that god has called you according to his purposes every second that you go through pain every moment of suffering is used to either bring you closer to god or bring give a testimony to of god To someone who needs it. Someone who needs to realize that they are loved. That they are not forgotten. This has been another episode of Reclaiming Reality. Send your questions in. This was kind of a hard topic and super heavy. Don't worry, they're not all this heavy. And they won't all be this heavy. But if you want to talk about it, hit us up. We are on the Interwebs IG, Facebook Reclaiming reality podcast at gmail.com leave a comment down below on the video we'd love to talk to you about it this has been Reclaiming Reality we can't wait to hear from y'all we'll catch you all next time